Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe Pitch Your Free Throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Disciples and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. <laughs> If you don't like a DJ air horn sound effect, that is so cool with us. Come talk to us on Instagram at the dot charity dot stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore. One of us will talk it out with you, probably Nick, because he's the most emotionally available out of the three of us. It's close, but I would definitely have to put Nick well, up there. The thing about Nick is that he is yeah. a very good impressionist. Seven out of, of ten on any impression. Josh, you mentioned the DJ Airhorn at the beginning. Nick, can I get a DJ Airhorn impression from you? Bah, 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 bah. Seven out of that was a seven out of ten of the DJ. It wasn't it really amazing, was. but it was no. pretty good. Pretty good. It was pretty was, good. Uh, before we get into sports, I didn't there. do my vocal exercises yet. So yeah, that's fine. No, no, you were off the cuff on that one. That's totally cool. I saw a really great impression. I saw a great impression of Robin Williams today on Twitter. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that's that's the guy who. Um, I guess they're trying to get to do a Robin Williams biopic. They're right? trying to do it and they're trying to get him to be Robin Williams. Well, he looks uh, like Robin Williams too, though. He looks it's like not, him. It's not even just the impression. Like he is Robin Williams. Yeah. I thought the impersonation, I didn't think the second half was that great. I thought it was a little much, but I thought the first part was pretty insanely spot on as far as impressions go. I really don't think that there's a lot of people out there that would be able to recreate Robin Williams. And that is probably the only guy in the world. So yeah. if they end up making a biopic, he's got to be the guy. They, they have to. Yeah, they have to use him. Also, I think maybe not everybody needs a biopic. Look, I think he was great. I just don't think everyone needs a biopic. No, is not that everyone. A, yeah. Is that crazy? I think no. Robin, I think I think Robin was a very interesting guy, and I think he was very beloved by a lot of people. There's probably a lot of underlining mental health things too that they probably want to highlight. He has such an interesting career. He's the type of guy you'd give a biopic to. We're not giving a biopic to Brendan Fraser. Whoa! All right, whoa, 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 whoa! That's you know there that. you besmirch B phrase's name, dude. That's yeah, ridiculous. That was ridiculous. That was a low blow. I, I, we don't do low blows in ten ninety. That was in our contract when we signed here. A, I was saying, well, even as interesting as he is, I mean, some things. I don't know. For me, some things are better left unsaid. We'll see what the family says, obviously. But that kid, at least for the first part, I thought the impression was, or like the the interpretation of him was unbelievable. Uh, as far as like the beginning first minute. And I, I don't know, Rob Williams was probably one of my favorites of all time. I think across the board was pretty much pretty similar for everybody. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite basketball players at the beginning of his career was Kyrie Irving. And obviously the whole Celtics tenure has tainted that. But every year since, uh, my love of him just continues to dissipate and fade. And then we also have Benjamin Simmons who I really liked again. And now I'm, I don't dislike but he's kind of fallen out of favor for one of my favorite players in basketball. Um, so if you go to sided.co or go on the app, like everyone should have the app. Uh, one of our debates that we're going to have up is a, who would you rather trade for Kyrie or Ben Simmons? When B, 
Who is it easier to trade for? To What's going on right now is Ben Simmons obviously had a tumultuous playoff series and has shown clearly his, not regression, but his inability to grow his game, as especially as a shooter. Kyrie Irving, who has been not shy about being vocal, been at the forefront of many issues. And for all intents and purposes, honestly, I think it gets muddied how good of a guy he can be. And there are videos out there and instances and examples out there where he really is a great person to people in need. Um, But he always has his finger in a pot. He always has his foot on something. And it seems like he's slowly but surely becoming a rebel without a cause. As it stands right now, Sean Marks, who's in charge of the Nets, is not letting Kyrie until he's like Kyrie come back to the Nets until he's a full participant, which means that until he gets vaccinated because he's not vaccinated. Um, and then Ben, Ben Simmons has been sitting out from Sixers camp and hasn't reported to the team because he wants to be traded, but they can't trade him because his trade value is at its lowest point. And the only teams that would really take him are teams that are, I'd say some teams are kind of competitive. I think the Pacers are in the mix there. The Raptors are in the mix, but by and large, it's teams that aren't good. And those guys either won't give up like if you go to the Kings they won't give up De'Aaron Fox so that doesn't really help the 76ers and if you go to the Cavs the players they have to give up Sexton who I really like look the 76ers 76ers are trying to win now so it doesn't help that situation either whereas Kyrie Irving you don't even know if he's gonna be eligible to play so I'll go with you first toss then to you Nick who would you rather trade for who's easier to trade for knowing what you know now that simple layout I think I would it, it depends on what team I am Sure. On who I would rather trade for. I think that the most value that you can get out of Ben Simmons and Josh, you like Ben Simmons. I think I I was probably even more of a Ben Simmons believer. I, I still am. I believe in his talent and I, I believe he can do things that a lot of guys can't. I believe that he's a top three defender in the NBA um, and maybe the most versatile defender in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I, I think that again, what team you're bringing him into. I think he flourishes in a position where he has way less pressure on him. So if you are a team, like you mentioned, like the Kings, and if you could do that deal, you're a team that can afford to do that deal and take the risk on him. Right. But at the same time, team like the Kings, like you've also had a lot of hardship. You've had a lot of letdowns, especially recently, and it's a risky move to make. And that's why you probably won't make the move because you know, De'Aaron Fox is a loyal guy to your franchise. He is a franchise point guard. You're now surrounding him with other guards like Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halbert. Hopefully Marvin Bagley can stay on the court and stay healthy and, and produce for you. Mm-hmm. I, personally, I mean, a lot of the, the ways that I look at the NBA have, they, they go through my Mavericks lens, like which guy would I rather have on my team, on the team that I root for. Um, I think for Simmons to be as, as good as he possibly can be, he has to have the ball in his hand. He has to be that creator and Luca is that guy for us. And I would never want those touches to go away from Luca. And I feel like a lot of NBA fans feel the same way about their best player for their team. And that Ben Simmons, that Ben Simmons would inevitably eat into that. Kyrie has played off ball. He might be the best two hand finisher under six, three that I've ever seen. He probably is. He might be the best ball handler of all time. I mean, there are things that this guy can do and he's clutch. We've seen him win games for teams that LeBron played on, right? So we know what he's capable of on the court. Um, so I would rather trade for Kyrie now, which one's more likely. I think that the Ben Simmons trade is more likely because he wants to be traded. And the final note is 
I also think it's more likely that that you would trade for Ben Simmons no matter what franchise you are because I think there's there is a slight possibility that Kyrie Irving never plays in the NBA anymore. I I think there's a chance that happens. It the the pushback you, you, what you said the hand in the pot the foot on the pedal, uh you know, it, it always comes back to does he want to play basketball or does he care about other things more than he cares about basketball? Which is a, certainly a valid thing for him. It, you don't have to have basketball as your main thing that you care about. So but if you want to be an NBA player where it's your job to get paid to do this, to put your physical body on the line every night for a team to then earn money and also win a championship, it's very important. And it's very important to get vaccinated and it's very important to adhere to, you know, what your G in front of you. And so that's why I think that because of Kyrie's priorities, he, I, I could see him not playing in the NBA again. I could see it happening. He's like a modern Ricky Williams to me almost, but not with, not with Mary, <laughs> not with, but not with Mary Jane with like other things, but like, it's just like the same capacity of like, there were things he would rather do than play the sport he's good at, which to a lot of us are, we just don't understand or can't really fathom because, Oh, we would give whatever we wanted to be in his shoes, but yet we don't know what it's like to be in his shoes. Even though I do have a sweet pair of Kyrie's that aside, I, I think it's definitely a tricky situation. I think it's a great point that you bring up that we discuss this many times. Like he could retire tomorrow. He's won. His resume speaks for itself. He's done what he's had to do as an NBA. Uh, he also doesn't, player. he doesn't care about his resume. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I bring up the Red Bull without a cause thing. Cause I'm just confused on what he cares about a lot of, I, if, I, if I knew like what he really cared about deep down and if it was like, not so like ping pongy of like, what we all felt he was trying to push or like what his main agenda was, then I think it'd be a little bit easier to try and relate or grasp, even if it wasn't my similar viewpoint. Um, but great points all around. Nick, we'll go to you, man. What are you thinking? So in terms of who I would rather trade for, I think right now you go with Ben Simmons because you have the youth. The argument is to be made that he hasn't been able to add anything to his game right now. It's kind of static. It's plateaued, but yeah. Who knows? Maybe that comes to a coaching factor or a front office or the right trainers, people to get him on the right game plan. He's been in Philly this entire time and it's been a rocky relationship. So I believe that there is an opportunity for him to progress his career in a different place, change the scenery, maybe get some other pieces around him that can push him in that direction. Not necessarily saying a team like the Lakers is going to be like that, or you can be with LeBron. That's a one one chance scenario, but there's a lot of teams out there with savvy vets that can push him and he can learn from them. And he's got plenty of time to grow. He's still so young. So I do believe that I would rather trade for him. And then also to the counterpoint, Kyrie is a headache. I don't, you guys said it just right now. We don't know if he's ever going to play again, a similar situation to Deshaun Watson. Why would a team want to trade for a player that they have no clue if he's going to hit the field or hit the court. So I wouldn't take that risk. Now, in terms of who's more valuable, I still stick with Ben Simmons. He's got the youth. We still don't know exactly what he's been able to, to achieve in terms of being a player. Yes, Kyrie is a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, but it seems to me and it seems to a lot of us that his mind is well beyond basketball these days. Kyrie is just a big distraction. And you look at a team like the Nets who is poised to win a championship right now. They don't need that distraction. That's the best opportunity right now he's going to have to win a championship in the NBA. I mean, there's no chance he's going over to the Lakers. They don't want that. They've got their guy. They got Russ. What other opportunities does he have to go win a championship 
other than right now. So it's very clear that he doesn't care about winning. He doesn't care about basketball. He cares about himself, right? And maybe he cares about pushing his own agendas or, or pushing his own political opinions, and that's fine. But if, if it's hurting your team, if it's hurting the league, I think you just got to say sayonara. So to answer your question in short, both answers, Ben Simmons. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I think it's, I love the couple of things you said, Nick, one, the coaching aspect of developing Ben Simmons game. I I think it's important that we don't forget that he came into a very young team Mm -hmm. where he and Joel Embiid trust the process was their moniker, right? It was these young guys that were supposed to take this team to the next level with a coach, Brett Brown, who, and, and who, I think, and I think was proved that he didn't know how to coach with both of these guys in each aspect of his coaching. When there were circumstances where one of them was down, the other guy flourished. So he knew how to individually coach the guys, but together it wasn't, it wasn't meshing. It wasn't working. So Brett Brown got, he got fired. Right. And then you bring in doc rivers who there aren't many coaches as good of a coach as doc rivers is. And what he's heralded to be from a coaching standpoint, there aren't many coaches who have bounced around to that many teams in the NBA. And I, I'm not saying that Doc Rivers is a bad coach, but we've also seen him have kind of cataclysmic, cataclysmic failures from a coaching standpoint, especially in the playoffs. Um, I, I, I think that he certainly brings um, a different kind of tone to a team, and he loves that veteran leadership, and he imposes his own will from a coaching standpoint on a team. It becomes Doc Rivers' team just as much as it is Joel Embiid's. But I think all, all that to say, like Simmons hasn't gotten a fair shake from a coaching standpoint where a guy has really come in to work with him and and that's unfortunate and i i think the one thing about Kyrie, obviously is that if he were to go to another team hypothetically anyone who is you know a top six team or above in either conference with Kyrie irving they immediately become a contender in my mind I, it doesn't really matter which team it is but if he's on the nets that's the best framework that he possibly can have so exactly. they have the highest percent chance of winning of any of those teams. So he's reducing his chance if he goes to another team. I think that's right. And if he's not going to, I also think, yeah, you're you're hundred percent correct. This is the best chance he has to win a championship. If he's not going to play for the nets, who is he going to play for? Ben Simmons is 25. Kyrie's 29. They've had, they've had, he's had a long career. He's wanted, he's won a championship. He's played with the best of the best. So, I mean, there's not a ton left for him to prove technically, but it just comes down to if he actually wants to play the game of basketball anymore. Yeah, and fun I mean, fact, both these guys are born in Melbourne, yeah. Australia. So what's going on down there? I, I think that's the best point you bring up. If you're on the nets, you're the odds on favorite on paper. Everyone thinks they're going to win this thing. You have two of the best offensive players in the history of the game. You yourself have an argument to at least be in the conversation for the turn of the century, a top 25 player, top 30 maybe. And yet you're balking at it. You know the parameters. The parameters are set. Look, Andrew Wiggins was in a similar situation. Hey, you can't play your home games, plus the games you play against the Kings or the Clippers or the Lakers in California if you don't get vaccinated. And he goes and gets vaccinated. The parameters are set, and Kyrie is just not sticking to it. Um, For me, I think I would rather trade for Simmons because at least he can – hang your hat on growing his game. I think Kyrie is just too much of a, too much of a distraction in the locker room at this point. Um, but I'm a big, I think the big issue for the 76ers just to kind of, cause it's been talked about in this, in the show has been when they draft these guys, they were always just picking the best guy available. It goes to Simmons. It goes to Okafor. It goes to Embiid. It goes to Markel Fultz. They're just picking the best dude available. 
So at that point, they're really not considering anybody's fit or they're kind of going, okay, it's now on our, us to develop these guys and develop these guys together. And they failed. And you bring in Doc Rivers, a guy who you think and everyone has deemed as super successful because he's won a championship and that he has. But by and large, look at the teams that Doc has had. Like you would have to be a really bad coach not to win with that Celtics team. Like you would have to be a bad coach not to win with them. You're talking like three of the def- three of the top 25 scorers of all time, the top three or four sh- three point shooter ever. Paul Pierce, I, he was a horrible announcer and a horrible you know analyst, but he's a phenomenal scorer. Kevin Garnett's one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Um, I think, you know, if it wasn't for Dirk or if it wasn't for Duncan, he'd probably be the best power forward of our generation. And plus Rondo, obviously Perkins, our boy, big baby Davis, who's in a lot of trouble. Uh, not, not a great shout out to him and his family, but nonetheless, um, if he had lost with that team, we'd be like, what? Like he did with the Clippers team. Like he's done with this, with this Philadelphia 76ers team. So I want to see Simmons go back. I think it's Philly's best chance. I think it's Simmons' best chance. Outside of that, they're not going to get the pieces. Um, but most likely to be traded, I would still say Simmons because the point that you're making, Nick, with Deshaun Watson, you don't know if Kyrie's going to be on the court. So how can you go out and acquire him? And I think Simmons still does want out, and they're saying a trade could happen in December. I just thought it was a really interesting point to make. We have a couple minutes left here in our first segment. Um, I just wanted to quickly touch on the ALCS, if you guys don't mind. I've said this time and time again. I don't necessarily know if the Red Sox can survive this one because it's strength on strength, but I think the Astros lineup is probably the best lineup I've ever seen. And as far as the Red Sox go, it's the first time in my life as a Boston fan where I'm just happy to be here. Usually I'm like, it's winner go home. It's winner bust. If we lose, I, I, I'm, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an overseason. The season was worth not. I really didn't think we'd be here. I'm honestly even surprised we'd be Tampa Bay. Like I thought Tampa Bay was good. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good series. It's just going to come down to pitching because both lineups can mash. Um, but I think the Astros are really sneaky pitching wise. Um, and I personally believe that I, I'm a believer in Boston at this point. Now I think that they get this job done against the Astros. I really do. And, and you're right. It is a scary lineup, but this Boston team has got so much juice behind them and they're so, so fun to watch. And I feel like this team really cares about each other and there's so much more to baseball than just statistics and skill level. I mean, you clearly look at the San Diego Padres, right? This hometown's team, they have all the talent in the world, but there was some really serious issues in the locker room. And maybe it wasn't just the players, it was management. But at the same time, this Boston team really gets behind Alex Cora. This is the guy that has been oh, waiting yeah. to come to Boston for a long time, right? And this team just plays really well together. And I think they're going to the world series and they're going to give whoever comes out of the NL fits. And hopefully it's not that team in LA. Hopefully it's not the team in San Francisco. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so pissed if it was just because San Francisco. So, you know, it's the NL West, but at the same time, like what an awesome story. I would say that the Braves probably would be my favorite to go in there, but Boston, I think is going to get the job done. I just don't want to, I want to be cautious with it. It's just cause I don't necessarily, I don't yeah, let us say it in, you can just nod your head. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think, I just don't trust our pitching. I definitely don't trust our bullpen. I definitely don't trust our bullpen at all. And honestly, I was at dinner the other night and someone was like, yeah, the Astros lineup. Cool. You could what say you what you want. Dinner? I had tacos. You could say what you want. 
about the Astros. That's by the way, that's a, every time Nick's texts me that he's going to dinner, like just out, I go, I always ask him what he's going to order. Even if he's not looked at the menu, I, the last point I will say on it though, is I think the Astros pitching rotation is very, very underrated. I was running through it last night, Eric Garcia, McCullers, Javier. That's their starting four. You got Granky out of the pen. You've traded for Graverman. You got Presley. I mean, their bullpen is rock solid. Altuve's like fourth all time in home runs in postseason home runs. Altuve is fourth all time. Correa is in the top ten. Like these guys have been here before. Like been here. They're just before. they're just clutch. They're very oh, clutch. Yeah. They're not getting any trash can help. So go let's Sox. go socks. Go socks. Hey, look. Go Sox. If the socks win, and I know Nick, I know you really don't want to see the Dodgers or the Giants even sniff the World Series. But look, I'm with you. I my buddy's a Braves fan. We've discussed going to Atlanta for the games. If the Sox are there, D-Jack Hobbs locking in for 20 million rupees that I'm going to game. Also, D-Jack Hobbs locking in for 20 million rupees that we are the Charity Stripe. I'm Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tsapos on this show, along with Nicholas, the ex-creator of San Diego. We'll be back for a second segment in a hot sec. Don't go anywhere. We actually love you. We will be right back with the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM. SoCal Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.